Family Hub podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land of which this podcast has been recorded, Gumbangi country. Hello and welcome to the Valley Hub Stories. My name is Tamara McWilliam and I am your podcasting host for today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Valley Hub Stories podcast. Today I'm chatting to someone very familiar to the Valley Hub team. Usually this person sitting on the other end of his microphone, asking all the questions. Today we'll be joined by Penny as we talk about the new business venture her and her partner Jonas are taking as they leap into the world of self-employment in Embarker Valley. Hello, my name is Tamara McWilliam and welcome to the Valley Hub Stories podcast. We have a very special guest today on the other side of the microphone. Today we are talking to Penny about her new business called Thrive Therapy Collective. Penny, what's happening? Can you tell me all about this? It's very vulnerable on the other side of this microphone today. I know, I'm feeling the opposite way interviewing you, so. Uh, Thrive Therapy Collective is a uh, partnership between two therapists, myself and Jonas Adams, um, and we are a mental health service um, in the Nambucca Valley. Mm-hmm. And we service children and adolescents and also adults, providing uh, individual counselling, group work and play therapy plus NDIS services. So these aren't really things that have been easily to access in the Nambaka Valley before. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So, yeah, we've, we've definitely experienced a dearth in services in the Nambaka Valley. Um, and there are a lot of there is a lot of pressure on the services that do exist, yes. um, and a lot of people who require um, mental health support and um, yeah, certainly a lack of resources too, financial it is. resources it is. in the Nambucca Valley to access them. So uh, I guess our our passion is providing a service that is accessible mm-hmm. um, financially geographically so we're a mobile service currently oh wow so talk me through that mobile service yeah okay so you don't actually have to come into a clinic and sit down and talk across a desk yeah so uh, so our our passion is to create an environment that feels safe for people to engage in therapy yes so if if that means that that, you know they feel most comfortable to engage in their own home then that Mm -hmm. is something we can facilitate um likewise in a park or (laughs) at school so you can even go for a walk so if you just want to have a walk and a talk yep oh that is fantastic yeah um i think one of our our slogans that i i keep coming back to is you know the best therapy is the therapy that will work for you so it's the therapy that you'll attend it's the therapist that you'll engage with and it's Mm. it's the therapy that is easy for you to access. I mean, you know, it, it's the old adage, isn't it? You go into a clinic, you feel like that white coat syndrome. It's very daunting. It's very mm-hmm. scary. You sit on the, the other side of a desk and it, sometimes you can't be yourself and you can't talk openly. So, you, yeah. you, I mean, it's really amazing to hear that there's a different way of being able to express yourself to a counsellor and a therapist. Mm, yeah. There's lots of benefits too to, um, to delivering therapy in nature as well. Yeah, um, for mental talk health. Me, talk me through those. What are they? Uh, look, well, nature definitely helps us regulate our emotions. Yes, it obviously helps with our overall, you know, health and well-being. Yeah, um, and also just the fact that you know, if you're walking and talking, or you're sitting and you're facing, you know, the beautiful river that we're looking at right now. Yes, um, kind of takes the pressure off having to make eye contact and have that full-on. Um, you know, exchange of information. Yes. It's just a natural 
way to converse that we would generally converse with our friends or family anyway true so it's sort of I mean you're dealing with mental health issues here so it's kind of a nice way to calm a situation down Mm, yeah and it's it's basically replicating what would be a normal setting in which you could have a conversation beautiful yeah lovely Um, and particularly I guess that works well for um you just heard my baby in the background too and he's (laughs) so gorgeous (laughs) for people with little ones too to be able to um to not have to try and keep them sitting still next to them while they talk or you know keeping a baby quiet but just to be able to um i mean you could walk with a pram yeah and exactly. talk away and the baby's happy Perfect. exactly and is that therapy available for all people in regards to you know in a family if i have children and need to see you we can do that sort of therapy yes. with children and with adults as yep. well yep yeah. Oh, lovely. We just want to make therapy work for everybody essentially because <laughs> anyone who, you know, um, who needs to connect for support should be able to. Yes. And, um, you know, it's not enough to go, well, there's obstacles in the way and whoops, we can't do anything about that. Like yeah. I, I see it as a personal responsibility as a practitioner to address those barriers. Yes. And yeah. um, part of that is being fluid with how we operate so right that is fantastic and I love the name can you tell me how you came up with that name so thrive was just kind of off the tip of our tongue (laughs) it just kind of happened yeah um and what was available on the registry at the time and isn't it hard you put a name in it's like no not allowed Mm, another name in no not allowed yeah um but collective was definitely intentional in the sense that um we would like to build out our scope of services that we can offer the community into um, delivering other NDIS services too. So we'd love to be a bit of a hub for for services, I guess, for families. Yes. So that's like the 20-year plan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. We we will have you in the Valley for at least 20 years. Lovely. So uh, when you're talking NDIS, obviously you you do work with NDIS. NDIS programs as well. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So can you talk me through that a bit? Yep. So um, we do um, – we are able to utilise individual NDIS plans. Yes. Um, there are certain technicalities to that which are probably a bit too complex to go into on a podcast. <laughs> yes. But um, certainly people can use their plans to access our service. Wonderful. Um, and um, we're also looking to extend into offering NDIS support service to, um, support work too. Beautiful, beautiful. And obviously you and your partner, Joe, you have got quite a lot of experience in counselling. Um, what's both of your backgrounds? So Jonas was a high school teacher. Oh, wow. <laughs> How long was he a high school teacher for? Uh, over a decade, I believe. Goodness me. That is dedication. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very hard job. I take my yeah. hat off to every school teacher. I do not know how they do it. Yeah. But, yeah, very challenging job. I think it's definitely um, – curated his approach to counselling and um, I think it's made him um, an exceptional counsellor, certainly for adolescents. So, yes. Especially having worked with him for so long. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, And look, my background is community services, so um, I've always worked in in this area uh, for most of my working life and um, obviously more recently the hub caught my attention with play therapy can Mm. you explain what that is for me so play therapy is essentially just the development of um of life skills essentially through play Mm -hmm. so it's generally things such as um as mentioned before developing emotional resilience and problem solving skills and um you know the ability to regulate our emotions and to express emotions too yep 
um, and and delivering those skills through play. So that can be things like, um, you know, role playing. It could be, you know, sand play with figurines. Oh, lovely. Um, You know, Lego, there's a whole different kind of bunch of modalities that we would draw from to deliver those skills too. Beautiful. So do you actually have like stations set up for children or you do it to meet those individual needs? Yeah, so it's it's generally – designed to meet the individual needs of their children mm-hmm. however in in sessions that are you know group sessions yes uh it's a, a little bit more broad in terms of working within the scope of the ages of those children in that group yep. and what um generally you know that age and point of development would require yeah right excellent and just another question for you do you actually work with neurodiverse children Yes. Oh, wonderful. Now, can you explain that to our listeners, what neurodiverse children are? Okay, so neurodiversity is essentially just having a different brain or a brain that's wired a little bit differently. So typically, um, uh, you might refer to somebody as neurodiverse uh, as somebody who has autism spectrum disorder, Mm ADHD, which is a very common one most people would know. Um, There are, you know, lots of different kind of subcategories and again it just generally means that you know brains are wired a little bit differently and need a few different kind of supports in place to to you know manage and fully embrace life beautiful so. and that is something that thrive therapy collective can actually offer the community yes so we are a neuro affirming service yes. um and obviously um you know, I guess I have a bit of personal experience in that area, being neurodiverse myself. So mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. As an adult, <laughs> as wow. An adult. And um, yeah, I guess having been able to be aware of that as a child, I think my life would have been shaped quite differently. Yes. And being able to develop those skills that I have since had to develop in adulthood yeah. um, certainly would have improved my quality of life and probably education too. So yep. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm passionate about making sure that kids in, in the Nambucca Valley have the opportunity to to access services that can support them through those. And do you think that obviously when you were growing up in the community of the Nambucca Valley, that wasn't something that was really addressed back then? It wasn't something that was um, made aware of in our community? There wasn't the support network in our community to handle that sort of diagnosis? Yeah, look, it was definitely less commonly diagnosed in girls yes. and boys well they for say sure. that it's more a boys ADHD is more a boys mm. diagnosis than a girl's do you agree with that there are, so there are different categories of ADHD too so there's inattentive this combined type and there's hyperactive ADHD so generally mm-hmm. you know what people would stereotype <laughs> you know as boys having ADHD would be generally the boys that are sort of bouncing up the chairs and, and hyperactive yeah, yeah, ADHD yeah. Yeah. combined type is you know obviously the inattentive and hyperactive combination but um, typically girls would more commonly be diagnosed with inattentive ADHD and that is quote-unquote the the daydreamy kind of right yeah just can't quite focus on anything and just seem to be uh, not being able to multitask or multi just do things you know yeah start one job go to another job yeah a little bit like that and I I guess it there's the inattentive factor of um you know not being able to focus but that doesn't mean that there's nothing going on upstairs, upstairs. there's actually mm. often too much going on upstairs and it's about right. it's about making that more linear to be able to cope with life okay and how have, if you don't mind me asking how have you been able to cope with those those things in life since being diagnosed um a few different ways yep. so definitely having the understanding about why my brain functioned differently or why mm-hmm. i felt differently yes um 
you often hear the story of of people coming to the point of diagnosis because you know things have been falling apart for them in terms of executive functioning. So they're yeah. you know forgetting to pay their bills or they're right. you know um, for me it was probably more that I was struggling to focus with university oh, <laughs> and right. yes. um, and went I feel like maybe something's not quite lining right. up for me um so I pursued it um mm-hmm. so you weren't being able to concentrate and get assignments done on time and get to class on time did you find you just were struggling to keep up uh, it was more that I had to wait for the muse to strike me to be right. able to yeah <laughs> to be started. honest and I'm still actually I'm still the same and you know much yeah. to my partners discussed <laughs> um but yeah I, I will often have to wait to be inspired to do to something, do something. Yeah. and um you know last that last minuteness of yes. you know personalities and um yeah. I guess I, I've developed ways to cope with that over time mm-hmm. I've probably gone a little bit the opposite way in terms of being hyper organized in some areas because right. I know that's what I need yes yes to be able to function um and I embrace the positive attributes that that brings to me. So, like, I'm quite creative mm-hmm. and um, speedy. <laughs> definitely speedy at doing things. Yes, yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, for some people as well, medication can definitely help them yes. cope. And I know certainly for me I relied on medication for a period, particularly to get through university. Yep. Um, and it makes a world of difference for some people, so. So that is an option as well mm, for them. Yeah. Excellent. And what is your favourite part of this sort of job that you're doing what's what's your favorite part who do you love working with most is it children is it adults what do you love the most about it I'm gonna take a hard left swing here and say <laughs> <laughs> I actually really enjoy working with mums really? um but I, I, I mean you, you could sort of say that it's maybe correlated to you are a mum well yes I yes. am I am a mum <laughs> um I, I struggle with being at home with my kids particularly when they were younger yeah um and whether that's part of being ADHD too and just being a little bit bored and being, you know... Oh, because of that regular and routine and yeah. kids need that regular routine yeah. and being home all the time. Yep. Yeah, right. Um, so I really struggled and um, experienced um, prenatal depression yeah. and um, I guess just, you know, the, the monotony of raising three small children mm. at the time. Um, I just became really passionate about supporting women, particularly in that perinatal period where they're having their babies and everything's new and and hard and and it's frightening isn't it I mean you go back I mean my journey with children was 20 plus years ago so it was quite a long time ago and back then there wasn't a lot about postnatal however it is a really hard time in your life in that first probably six to eight weeks of adjustment you've got this new baby what do you do yeah am I doing it right and if you haven't got a strong support network and I was very fortunate I have a lot of family here however if you haven't got a strong support network or like you said you were suffering with ADHD at the time so it's it's really a challenging time isn't it Mm, yeah and definitely the pressure that we put on ourselves as um as mum or as parents to to get everything right yes and um (laughs) And I know that I definitely couldn't have got through that period without the mental health supports that I had in place yes. very luckily because, um, you know, even even then it was quite difficult to access supports. Even in this community or did yeah, you have to this, go out of the community? In this community, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a process in itself to try and get to the GP, mm. you know, wait six weeks for an appointment. Yes. <laughs> and then, um, you know, pay for that privilege to do so and um, then wait you know six months to get into a psychologist or a counsellor it's it's tricky so um, I guess for us we just want to position ourselves to 
relieves some of that stress um, off, you know, the psychologists that are in the area mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, to, to be, like, I guess, available because that is primarily the, well, that's kind of a major component of, you know, being yep. a service in the, to the community. It's, it's being accessible. Yes, so. exactly. And it sounds like you're ticking so many boxes for so many families. So we'll go through your services again. You're looking at family support. You're looking at children. You're looking at individual counselling. Yep. You do play therapy, neurodiverse therapies, and you're looking after postnatal depression mums. Yep. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, part of group work too. And we're just looking at moving into... So what is group work? So group work with children. So yes. that's, um, yeah, bringing children together of a, you know, correlated age and developmental level yep. um, to develop some of those skills that we would typically develop in play therapy. Right. Um, through, you know, evidence-based programs. Yes. Uh, and we're looking to at bringing that into... The adult scope too. So I was going to ask that. Is there any chance adults can have play therapy? I mean, this sounds really fun. I mean, or group therapy where you yep. can get more more than one person together and they can sort of talk like – they're like-minded. They've, yep. they've gone through similar situations. So yep. that's a possibility? Yeah, look, you can access play therapy for adults. It's not something we do. Okay. But it is out there. <laughs> there um, <laughs> Sand therapy especially. Yeah, right. Um, but, no, we are looking at bringing particularly perinatal mums together – um, in group back and yes. parents of neurodiverse or, or children with a disability um, in, mm-hmm. in more of a support capacity and an organic capacity. So, yep. um, you know, outside groups, play group, um, like walking groups, kind of just outside nature, walk and talk therapy, yeah. but yep. collaborative, like a peer network. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask a very, very Interesting question now, Penny. Okay. Does this mean we won't see you at the hub? What's happening? Uh, I will be around. Yay. You'll still see me. <laughs> Which is fantastic. So Penny is not leaving the hub. Penny will still be around the hub. This is going to be around, you know, we'll work around your work. <laughs> so you will be still seeing Penny in the Valley Hub, which is super exciting. Okay, Penny, if someone wants to find you in regards to your uh, therapies, what, what do they do? How do they find you? Sure. So uh, you can connect with us on social media at mm-hmm. Thrive Therapy Collective on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Um, or alternatively, you, you can email us at Thrive Therapy Collective at outlook.com.au or mm-hmm. call us on 0422 675 435 um, and... As mentioned before, no referral is required, no mental health plan is required. Um, You can simply call us and um, we can connect with you straight away. Thank you for joining us today, Penny. We wish you all the best in your new venture. You can find links for contacting Thrive Therapy Collectives in our show notes. We love hearing what you think. So please reach out to us via our socials at The Valley Hub NV. Or you can email us on info at thevalleyhub.com.au. Bye for now.